Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I am a huge proponent of open and honest discussions that lead to positive communication. This podcast strives to initiate that kind of of discussions. It doesn't matter if those in the discussion agree. The fact that everyone has a say and is rational about making their points, it can lead to increased knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Even if I don't hear anything new in the discussion, it always helps me understand where someone is coming from. And, And if they know why they believe what they believe, I can hear somebody discuss something and know whether or not they're just regurgitating what they've heard, or do they really believe what they're saying and they understand why they're saying it. They understand why they believe it. And I believe that's very important to know why we believe what we believe, not just simply, like I say, regurgitate what we've heard from someone else. In order to have these kinds of conversations, we have to be speaking the same language. The Tower of Babel is an example of how God solved a problem by making it so that they couldn't communicate. The people of Babel were so prideful that it became a huge problem. All God did was change their language that they spoke to several different ones. And that entire nation, and it was a mighty nation, fell apart. Anyone that has been in the military or has studied history knows just how important it is to communicate with one another. If you've been in a marriage or married right now, you know how important it is to communicate. Communication is huge. When I was a pastor and I was um, doing some premarital counseling, one of the uh, areas that we would really concentrate on heavily, we spent several weeks on it, was communication because it is something that can either bind you together as a couple or can tear you apart if the communication's not there. The mightiest of armies is nothing without communication. And this is why many are concerned with what is happening in recent times when it comes to our language. I can say a word, a phrase, or even display a symbol, and it will mean one thing to me, but something entirely different to someone else. This is a big problem because you can't have a rational conversation if the different parties participating in the conversation are on two different pages. So in that vein, we here at Uncommon Sense want to do our part in helping everyone with the changes that have been happening with our English language. We would like to help you understand left speak. With help from Ultimac.com, here is our attempt to help you better communicate with leftists. For example, if I say border security, well, what does that mean? 
border security to me would mean that those that are supposed to be in this country are in this country and those that aren't supposed to be in this country are not in this country. That if you are a citizen of this country or you're trying to become a citizen of this country legally, then that's great, but we need border security to make sure that those that are in the country are supposed to be here. Now, that's what I would say border security is. But if you're speaking as a leftist, border security just simply means racism. So that's that's our example. So you understand where we're going with this, all right? So let's let's take another one, for instance. How about assault weapon? Well, an assault weapon if you're speaking leftist, is a firearm, any firearm, doesn't matter what it is, it's an assault weapon. And an arsenal is the plural form of firearm. So an arsenal is found, for instance, in a compound. Well, what's a compound? A compound is the home of a firearm owner, right? So if you own a firearm, you live in a compound. And so that's that's what a leftist would term a compound. Uh, similarly, a sniper is a person with a firearm or access to a firearm. That's a sniper. Uh, this term, as all others used by, le- by the left, is entirely flexible and is used primarily to designate or, um, or impugn anyone who owns a gun or has a working knowledge of guns. You don't even have to own one. As long as you have a working knowledge of one, you're a sniper. Uh, a sniper rifle is just simply a rifle. And that, and and so if if you hear a leftist say, you know, um, you you know, you have a sniper rifle, it just simply means a rifle. Though this can also mean any kind of firearm, really. Uh, how about budget cut? A budget cut in leftist speak is a massive government spending increase that could have been even larger if not for the divisiveness in our society. Well, what's divisiveness? We want want to know that. Speaking ill of or disagreeing with socialists or socialism. That's divisiveness. Divisiveness is one of the worst things in our society today and is largely perpetuated in in talk radio, blogs, private conversations, podcasts like this one, etc. And and by members, bigots, and racists. And that's that's what uh, perpetuates divisiveness. Uh, This can be caused for legal action even, since it could, in theory, cause people to question socialists and socialism and thereby harming the left or leftists. You have no right to harm another person unless that person is being divisive, in which case it is encouraged, right, to harm that person. Also see uh, partisanship. So let's, let's take a look at partisanship, for instance. Um, and it says here, partisanship see divisiveness. So they're they're very similar. Uh, leftists are incapable of partisanship because they are motivated only by compassion and concern for the future of uh, our children, <laughs> right? And, and so, when, if I say children. I mean, to me, a, a child is is someone who is a minor, someone who is underage, not an adult. But in left speak, it is a, ch- a child or children are the government. So variations are the children or our children, 
uh, example uh, I'll give you. Uh, in, in our compassion, we are creating this new entitlement program for our children or this new national vaccine passport system will help our children. <laughs> so you're starting to catch on here, right? All right, so let, let's continue. Bipartisan. So the the, the term bipartisan is a, a leftist, progressive, socialist, Marxist, etc. Um, let me give you an example. Republicans regularly work with Democrats on bipartisan legislation, right? And and it, and you can also uh, use the term moderate. What's a moderate? A moderate is a leftist or socialist in denial. So it's a bipartisan leftist, a progressive, socialist, Marxist, etc. But they're in denial. When a leftist wants to be perceived favorably, well, he'll claim the label of moderate, right? So as to lend some degree of credibility to his you know, radical anti-rights, anti-American position. Example, um, as a moderate, my new trillion dollar government expansion bill has several bipartisan elements, including carbon emission limits and increasing spending to help with the development of our children. My uncanny ability to reach across the aisle has made this fantastic bill possible and will ensue its passage in the Senate. See, see, we can, we can speak leftists if, if we really understand the terms. So let me, let me give you another one, right? Here's capitalism. Ooh, yeah. I mean, this, this one, this one's a hot button. There are certain words here that really trigger certain responses. And capitalism is definitely one of those that just really brings out the worst in a leftist. But capitalism is, uh, by definition, it says, see greed. So it's basically the same thing. We're, we're going to use the same definition of capitalism and greed. They're the same thing. So what's greed? Greed is responsible for all the evils of the world and should be uh, tempered with much compassion. So if, if, if there is going to be greed, you have to temper that with compassion. Well, what's compassion? Well, compassion is deep, warm, heartfelt desire for government intervention against one's neighbors. Example. Okay. Let me give you an example. We must approach all issues with great compassion. And, and, and this goes along with compassionate conservative. And there's a couple definitions of a, of a compassionate conservative. Number one, uh, it's a concept used to allow the government to invade all aspects of life through increased resource allocation while invoking religious tolerance as a means to garner support. Now that's, that's one definition. And what's about the, what about the other? The second definition would be a progressive who has infiltrated the Republican Party so as to garner votes from those who want to destroy the Republican Party as an effective alternative to progressive politics. And that would be a compassionate conservative. All right. Uh, going along with that, you could, you could almost even institute here criminal. Um, and, and I think this is, the, this is a very good one to understand. So what is the definition of criminal when it comes to leftist speak? Well, 
criminal is is real easy. It's victim. So it, if I was to say criminal, I would say one who is breaking the law. But a leftist would say no. A criminal is a victim, especially a victim of the exploitive middle and upper classes. Uh, no one would ever do anything to hurt anyone else except when goaded into it by horrible conditions created by the um, adherence of capitalism. Now, you know, this this goes really right along with and, and makes a whole lot more sense when I, I hear the quote the other day from AOC, and she said that if you want to do away with uh, with with overcrowding in jails, with the um, you know the increase in in jail population, well, the, you need to stop making jails, stop building jails. So I didn't understand where she was coming from with that. I just could not wrap my brain around that the other day. Now that I understand the the definition of criminal as victim, I totally get it. I totally understand now what she was saying and trying to get at. So let's move on with climate change. And it says here, it says, see global warming. All right. So climate change, see global warming. Climate change is slightly more flexible in that no matter what happens, it's bad. Liberty is to blame, and socialism, as for all things, is the solution to climate change. Global warming, well, see global community. All right, so global community. This, this, is, this is a good one here. Global community, most of the population of the world lives under some form of socialist tyranny, often the very brutal socialist tyranny. Americans have historically lived much better lives due to a relatively higher level of freedom and liberty. For this, we are to hate America. If anyone is poor or unhappy, it can only be the the willful doing of the more prosperous. And we are to strive to make America more like the rest of the world poor and oppressed, as a show of solidarity, thus achieving the global community and gaining respect from around the world. Now, again, this this definitely makes a whole lot more sense now why former President Obama would go on his apology tour. Remember when he, he went out as president of the United States, he would go around the world to all over the place, lots and lots of different countries. And he went on this apology tour of apologizing to the to the world, basically, on behalf of America. And and I, again, I didn't quite understand at the time why the president of the United States would want to do that, why this was a good thing. And now that I understand global community and the the real definition of that, I totally get why President Obama would do that apology tour. It also says here to see peace. So let's let's take a look at peace and, and what that means. It says peace, the lack of meaningful opposition to socialists, Marxists, fascists, communists, and jihadist military uh, expansionism. And for example, it's time to stand up and fight for peace. All right. Okay. So we, we fight for the Marxist, uh, communist, a fascist, socialist type of, of thing. Good. Okay. Also see unity. Oh, good. Okay. I want to see what unity says here. It says, similar to peace, unity describes a situation in which all opposition 
to socialists and socialism has been effectively silenced, whereas peace describes a lack of military opposition. Unity describes a lack of opposing views in the media, in in politics, or in personal interactions. So this right here, again, just enlightens me. I'm so glad we're doing this podcast today because I I don't I, I I just have not understood why social media, for instance, um, why they would uh, participate in cancel culture, uh, and and yet now I totally get it. Social media is just simply promoting unity, right? I mean, they are literally opposing the 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 views. Uh, that that would be anti-Marxist or anti-communist, uh, anti-jihadist. I mean, th- this is this is really a good thing that social media is participating in cancel culture because who else is going to promote unity, right? All right, so compromise. Now, this this is good. Compromise, letting go of your silly, ignorant, and outdated American ideals for liberty, and moving always in the direction of pure socialism as a way of showing those who want to destroy you that you are not close-minded, stubborn, silly, ignorant, or outdated. All right. Um, You are then close-minded, stubborn, silly, ignorant, and outdated again when the leftist wants you to cave in the next time that they want something, which starts approximately three seconds after you've last caved. All right. So I got to keep that in mind. Um, but what if you you don't cave in? Then, of course, if you don't cave in, then you're a conservative, right? Well, what's the definition of conservative? Well, a conservative is, in, in, in left speak, is clearly a dirty word. It's used to describe a racist, sexist, bigoted, white trash, homophobe, who wants to to dirty the air and dirty the water and spoil the planet, uh, oppress the working class, torture animals, uh, ruin America's global reputation, of course, start wars, starve children, and kick old people out into the streets with no food or medicine, all as a means of self-enrichment. That greed thing again, right? Conservatives with dark skin are especially mind-boggling and egregious creatures, as no progressive can afford to acknowledge their existence without resorting to the U-term, right? We don't we don't really want to say the U-term, but it's Uncle Tom. As, as they consider a dark skin color to be synonymous with a progressive political orientation. So, I mean, if you have a certain color of skin, if you have pigment within your skin, then you have to be progressive. Otherwise, Uncle Tom is what you you are. So let's take a look at what that definition is. Um, If you are Uncle Tom, then then any American having even the slightest uh, recognizable Black African history or ancestry, uh, who is not a lo- in lockstep with with progressive, uh, I mean, uh, i.e., a judgmental, dark-skinned American. Uh, like for instance, uh, let me give you some examples of Uncle Toms. Right, um, an example would be let's say Clarence Thomas. I would say 
uh, having been in, indoctrinated in, in, diverse, in divisiveness and, and being incapable of tolerance um, is an Uncle Tom and, and, and is therefore the lowest form of vile scum on the planet. Uh, an archaic definition of, uh, of Uncle Tom is a slave who worked in favor of the slave owner and against fellow slaves, but that, that's archaic. We, we don't, we don't adhere to that anymore. All right, tolerance, the, the free and unopposed reign of socialists and socialism. Um, that's tolerance. Failure to tolerate socialists and socialism is something that should not and will not be tolerated. All right. Uh, a patriot, one who practices dissent. Well, what's dissent? Well, dissent is a very, very good thing. Uh, it is one from uh, the the one of the few things worth a while about America. As long as we are talking about a leftist um, dissenting with with anyone who favors liberty, of course. Uh, in all other cases see divisiveness. And we, of course, have done that. Um, here's, here's good. Uh, so we, there, there's a number of phrases that kind of all mean the same thing. Fairness just simply means socialism. Uh, common good, the socialism. Uh, how about uh, the great society? Well, that's a socialist society. Uh, economic justice. Well, that's socialism. Also see social justice. Okay, social justice, socialism. All right, so so all of these are you know, are, are are basically the the uh, just different words for the same term. Uh, education used by itself, the word education refers only to public education, i.e., a government-run, um, you know, coercive fund funded system of of socialist uh, doctrination. Um, example: uh, we must invest in education for the sake of our children's future, right? Any other form of teaching must be identified um, using qualifiers, uh, as in private education refers to a system of promoting divisiveness and intolerance, of course. Uh, we are to, and oftentimes when we get into education, we hear the word invest. And so um, to... Um, to, to define the word invest in leftist speak, it means to compensate or redistribute. Example, we must invest in our children's future. I mean, how many times have you seen that? Now we know what it means. Uh, such as uh, like fascist. There's um, a couple definitions of, of, of fascist. Uh, number one, the uh, opposition to the progressive theories of the left. Uh, interestingly, since the fascists were dedicated to Marxism, fascists in left speak applies to anything or anyone that is anti-fascist, which is to say that the word fascist, as many other words in leftist speak, has the exact opposite meaning from the same word spoken in English. Uh, example, Antifa. For instance, um, they they would say they're anti-fascist, but they use fascist tactics to do that. Okay. Anyway, uh, second second one here is a person who opposes fascism, socialism, 
you know, totalitarianism. Example, President Reagan, Ronald Reagan was a fascist. So that's that's a pretty easy. If, if you didn't really understand the definition, just understand President Ronald Reagan was a fascist. OK, and that's the meaning uh, in its base meaning. It, if an if an average leftist wants to order a, let's say, a, a veggie pizza and you and your friends want a combo pizza and therefore uh, you outvote the leftists on the pizza order from your fraternity, let's say, um, then it means that you're, you and your friend are fascists. See, so you, so you, you understand that, that if you outvote them, you're a fascist. In the mind of the average leftist, fascism means something akin to distasteful, let's say. Uh, in the mind of the more sophisticated leftist, fascist means um, politically distasteful or one who is politically at odds with the left and is used to describe anything or anyone the left sees as a threat to his fascist beliefs, uh, anyone or anything the leftist hates, or anyone with whom the leftist disagrees. No leftist is capable of understanding the fact that leftists and leftists compromise pretty much the exact same set of people. World history escapes the leftists entirely. And and really, there's a third definition of fascist, and that's just simply Republican. So if you want to you know, just go with that, that's a pretty easy one to remember. Um, how about fear monger? One who disagrees with socialists or socialism, specifically one who tries to warn others about the dangers of socialism and the um, uh, attendant loss of liberty. When the left warns us that liberty would cause the destruction of the entire planet. They are not fear-mongering because they are motivated only by compassion. If you disagree with them saying that, for example, self-defense is a human right, you are paranoid and or you're a fear-monger. All right, free speech. I know you've been you've been wanting this one. The definition of free speech, see dissent, divisiveness, fairness, first amendment, immunity, these are all things that you can see under free speech, and, and you'll you'll understand what that means. First Amendment, for instance, which you could, of course you can see unity. Leftists uh, acknowledge the the speech clause in the the First Amendment as critically important, but only for themselves, really. The religion clause grants progressives the power to ban religious practices or religious symbols they find offensive though they don't find radicalized Islam even slightly offensive. So that's kind of weird. But the First Amendment is highly flexible. For instance, it does not uh, protect divisiveness in any way whatsoever, since divisiveness is an obstacle to unity and fairness. Uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, well, that's socialism. Uh, an example of that is America was founded so as to guarantee life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? Okay. Uh, fiscal responsibility. Uh, confiscating other person's money and spending it on your own pet projects, like there's no tomorrow while demanding appreciation and thanks for the fact that you could be doing more of it. Example of that, if elected, I promise to change and will demand fiscal responsibility from Congress. Well, what's change mean? It just means socialism. Change. You know, example, you know, the old uh, Obama thing. Uh, I am the candidate of change. It just means socialism. Hate. Ooh, yeah, we want to know the, that. Uh, hate expression 
of disagreement with progressives. Okay, yeah, that that would that would match up. And the archaic form of that is the disapproval of other people based on race, color, creed, etc. You know, bigotry. Apparently, disapproval of of one's political views now constitutes bigotry, but only if such disapproval is directed at progressives. All right. So at, at right here, we're going to have to stop for uh, for the day. We'll pick up from here uh, on Wednesday, and there will be a test at the end of the podcast so that if you need to go back and listen to today's podcast again, you can do so at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications. 